Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Sparking 160 EN podcast. Podcast number 101. We got another special one for you today. As always, I'm your guy, Danny, joined by my cohorts as always, starting off with my main man, Christian. Christian, what's good, bro? I am uh, doing all right. Kind of a, uh, a snoozer uh, of, a, of a draw this weekend, but um, I don't think too many people are going to be complaining about that result. Including myself, so yeah, uh, another notch on the belt. Let's keep it, keep it rolling. Nine more agreed. finals. Agreed, agreed. Nine more finals. Also joined by my man Sam. Sam, what's good, bro? It seems like I didn't get the dress code, Danny. We uh, we came prepared, both of us. But, um, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it's it's great to be here. Episode one hundred and one. Um, like Chris just said, a bit of a boring game, but we got a, a great episode for you today. And we are joined by a very special guest, our uh, uh, head coach of the Den of Lions, a delegation of Spartan Club Portugal, the 2019 Super Y National Champions, the highest you can go for in terms of club football uh, in, in the States, in terms of, of youth club football, I should say. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But we're joined by uh, head coach Andre March. Andre, how are you today, bro? What's going on, guys? Big fan of what you guys do. A pleasure to be on. And let's get the show on the road. Couldn't agree more. Uh, let's uh, let's start off with the Twitter questions. Let me throw them on cam real quick. Um, starting off with the first question from uh, Chip uh, at Lauren Yano. Um, she asks, uh, "A draw is fine. From a draw for me is fine. We're guaranteed to be the top at the start of April too. Still ten points clear with thirteen to play, so we're in control of our own destiny." Just continue taking uh, taking it game by game, and I'm sure we'll lead. Uh, the lead will extend. Sporting, Sporting, top of the league. Couldn't agree more, Lauren. Uh, next question comes in from uh, Joel da Silva at jo, uh, Joelion underscore 073. Uh, he asks, don't get me wrong, and I definitely don't want to be the party pooper here. And above anything else, I'm not taking away credit from this team uh, and coach, but am I the only one finding it odd that Sporting's success comes at a time where we start doing business with George Menz again? Um, I don't know who wants to take that. Dre, do you want to take that first? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Or, or Christian, how about you? What are your thoughts on that, dude? Uh, well, I mean, I get, I've said this before. Like, I don't know if I've ever said it on the pod. In, in, I've said it in private for sure to these guys. I mean, sometimes George Men's hits and, and sometimes he doesn't hit, right? He's got a very... Very mixed track record. I mean, Valencia, like, they had some great seasons in the Champions League. He, it was all men's, and then they had a sh – they were in the shitter for uh, the past couple of seasons, and that was also him. Befica, you know, same thing. Um, yeah, so I, I guess kind of it ebbs and flows. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he has done some uh, some decent work to put to put the guys on, on the team that he has this year for us. Uh, so thank you, George. <laughs> Um, next question uh, from Abdallah. If we win the league, which photo should be framed in our museum? Uh, Andrea, I'm going to give this one to you. Which which photo should go to our museum? Is it Sergio Oliveira with the Malone? Or is it our boys? No, nah, definitely, definitely, definitely our boys. I don't want any Porto stuff in our museum. <laughs> but it's nice, to see, it's nice to see the Malone, though. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Uh, hold on. There we go. Maybe this one this might be a good one too. I don't know. Lauren's really going off with that on, on Twitter. Um, 
Joelle also asks, uh, looking at our youth teams and B team, who do you see making it uh, to the first team next? Andre, I don't know how familiar you are with our B team and our and our youth teams, but uh, seeing as you are a youth coach in a in a way, uh, what are your thoughts? Do you know of uh, or do you think of any upcoming stars coming through the academy this year or next year? I do. I actually follow a couple of games of the the U23 and the B team. I really like this uh, center back uh, Rodrigo Rego. I don't know if you guys ever seen him play. He's a really solid center back. He just needs to to grow up a little bit more. And I also, of course, Joelson Fernandes is knocking at the knocking at the door to get a to get an opportunity at least next year. Um, I think it was uh, his birthday yesterday or today. Shout yeah, out! Yeah, it was. It was. Shout out to Joelson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. And um, up and coming, I think those two are 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 going to be big in the future, big time. Agreed, Sam. I don't know. I'll, I'll pass this off to you. You've been. I haven't talked to you in a minute, bro. Any any youth players you think of? I think Andre hit the nail on the head there, but I also want to throw in. Um, I believe his name is. I don't want to pronounce it wrong, but is Heverton, the 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 left wing left wing back. Um, I think he signed a contract with us. Um, an extension in the summer. Um, he looks like uh, the real deal. But um, if you count Eduardo Cresson has been playing for the B team recently, could include him. But um, I think in general we've just got a really bright future, and it's something to look forward to. And you know, like Amorim's been doing with the like the Braganza and Ignacio's you know, the, the future's bright. Yeah, couldn't agree more, bro. Um, next question comes in from uh, Richard Neves at Richard underscore N7. Um, he asks, uh, after seeing all the post-game interviews from the Porto players and the coaching staff, uh, it's clear their mouths are in competition with their asses for how much crap they can produce. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Upset about the draw, don't miss an open net and blame everybody but yourself for the result. <laughs> Uh, nothing more to mention there. Couldn't agree more, Richard. Uh, <laughs> I have I have questions for my personal uh, Twitter, um, so I'll read them off. First one's coming in from our guy Ryan at Rye Workplay, uh, Rye SCP. That is. Um, he asks, "Is it time uh, Ruben Amorim thinks about Nuno Santos' starting role? I uh, think we've been uh, we'd be much better off uh, in the final third with Jovan. He was turning into a real star at the end of last season with Amorim too." Um, Andre, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this one as well. What, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think Nuno Santos has done enough to to deserve that starting role? Do you, would you like to see Jovan creep in? What are your thoughts on that? That's a good question, but I uh, I think Ruben Amorim is is doing a good job with Nuno Santos. He's only he's not only the guy with the most assists I think this season so far in Sporting, and he's the second top scorer, right right after Pedro Gonçalves. So I think um, I think he should he should he should still go with the with Nunesanch. To me, I think he's a great player. He's a little different than Pedro Gonçalves. He's more of a winger, while Pedro Gonçalves he likes to deflect a lot to the middle. But I would I would still go with Nunesanch. I think he's a he's a key player in our system. I agree. I agree. Uh, last question. I'm going to ask all of you guys. Um, but uh, uh, Andre, I'm going to start with you first. Which team was better? This um, uh, which team was better? The team with. Uh, George Zouz, William, Brian Ruiz, that the 2015-2016 team, or this Ruben Amorim team? That's a really tough one. I mean, yeah, George Zouz. I think the team with George Zouz, they 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 love to attack. They like the attacking style football. And I think with Amorim, I think your privilege is uh, uh, defending well and then think about winning the game. I mean, we, it's a perfect example against Porto. But they, 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 they yeah. both, both of the teams, they play beautiful, beautiful football. I, I, I love both of them. I can't really say, but if I would, 
If I would choose one, I would say Ruben Amorim one. Fair enough. How about you, Sam? Um, uh, it's difficult because the 15-16 team played against like a really good Benfica team, a really great Porto team. You know, those those two teams that by themselves were just incredible when you look at the players like Jonas, Raul Jimenez, who's now was well before the injury was turned up at Wolves. But um on paper, I think I've got to go with the George Jesus team. I think we were unlucky with what happened, but in terms of like national team experience and like actually experience like Brian Ruiz playing in the Premier League, you had um you know, um, I believe it was Coates was there maybe in January, I want to say. Did he join that season? Was it the season after? I think it was this season. But I think it was in terms of like too. international experience, Adrian, Joel Mario in his in the, his prime. And then as well, Slimani in his prime. I think we've got I've got to go with fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. How about you, Christian? Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking. Unfortunately, I think I have to, I have to go with fifteen, sixteen as well. And the, my reasoning is, I think that those players were more so in their in their primes. Like that was like peak Slimani, peak Adrian, peak Mario, peak William. You know, peak João Pereira, fucking tearing it up. Peak like <laughs> Teo. Um, you know, like Teo, like. The, the team that we have this year is going to be one of those things where we look back on it like in five years because th- like th- these guys are all great, but they're all these, they're not hit their full potential yet. Like I know Nunu Menz is going to fucking tear it up at like fucking Liverpool in two years or Man U or some shit. And it's going to be one of those things where you look back on it and you're like, I can't believe Pot and Nunu Menz and Diag Dumash and all these guys were on the team at the same time, you know, where they kind of like you look back and they're like, I can't believe they had Ederson. And uh, O'Block at the same oh, time, yeah. you know, it's like you look back on it and as you see, but like, obviously they're a great team right now. They're in first place. But yeah, also, I think that the, the league 15, 16, the rivals um, also were, were stronger. Um, and that team did battles with teams in the Champions League. Unfortunately, this team doesn't have the option to prove that yet. They'll get that chance next year, hopefully, to battle with teams in the Champions League. But yeah, the based on that, I'm going to have to go 15, 16. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree, though. I just want to say that team wasn't as clutch as this one's being so far. Even in, terms of, even in terms of drawing against Porto, I think that team would have lost against Porto, for example, you know? They, well, oh, this team has overcome, won nothing after dominating them. They've Sorry, overcome the hurdles of the team, like the trip up at Union de Madeira, you know? Like, yeah. those games, ha- they've been there. To, they could have happened, but they didn't this season. I think Obanabone is doing more than way more than what was expected that's why that's mm-hmm. why i'm going with this team he's doing way to way more than i think every any of us four were expecting oh yeah oh yeah I'm, I even go the him. guy who hired him he shocked him with how great he's fucking doing i don't have the i don't have i don't have the um, the the millions in front of me that they spent on the the 15 team but i think I think it was like at least what fifty million that they they it cost to put that team together. At least, yeah. yeah. And how much how much did this team cost to put together? Not even twenty million. I mean, yeah, less, five million. Less. Twenty, yeah. Very yeah. less, you know. Yeah, twenty. I would say twenty. Yeah. 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 The only problem is that we didn't go to to Europa League, but you know, can't have everything. I, I'll I'll sign right now. We don't <laughs> go to Europa, but as long as we win the, the league, I'm good. <laughs> Agreed. Like like uh, Joan Castro said last week, and it's hundred percent right. If he if at the beginning of the season we said okay you'd lose to uh, Lask, 
for Europa League, but you'd be tied on points with first place, we'd sign right away, let alone 10 points. <laughs> Ridiculously totally good. I totally agree. Ridiculously good. Um, all right, let's move on from that. Uh, and let's get more on to, to you, Andre, and, and exactly why you're here. Um, and the Den of Lions uh, <laughs> and the incredible run that they pulled off uh, in 2019 in Tampa uh, to win the um, the uh, Super Y National Champions. Um, take us through it. How was that journey? Of course, representing Newark, New Jersey. Am I correct? Newark, yeah. Just take us through that yeah, journey. Was, and how was it? It was actually a joint uh, um, venture with uh, Elizabeth Youth Soccer, EYS, and then Lions. And we went we went through the, through the regionals process, which Christian is pretty familiar with. Uh, we won regionals. It was this was in 2019. We were supposed to defend our title last year, but due to COVID, it was canceled. So we went through the process of uh, regionals. We won the regionals. We went down to Tampa. We won regionals in July, and then we went down to Tampa in December, which was great, by the way. You got away from the cold. Tampa, Florida, for the non-Americans. Yeah, Tampa, Florida. It's a great place to be. Um, so we went down there, and and. As soon as we got there, we were the underdogs. Nobody knew us. The club, unfortunately, never won uh, a title like this. And uh, it was really important, especially for, for the, the, the Sportingistas and the, the Nalayan members that we have all around, you know, the, the tri-state area. And um, we, we pulled off a great upset to the point where we were, you know, we won, all, we won three group stage games, all of them by one goal. It was like 1-0, and then it was 2-1, uh, and then we tied. We actually tied the third one, and then we went to the semifinals. We played um, against the favorites, the heavy favorites, and we won 5-0, <laughs> which was incredible. And then uh, we went to the final, and uh, we won 2-1, and it was it was awesome. But it, you could see, like, before the actual tournament, like in the plane trip and everything, that the players, like, they were focused. All they thought about was getting there, you know, do the job. We trained well everybody was healthy and um it was it was a great experience for the you know for the boys and especially for for me and and the other the other staff members it was incredible so yeah uh, so take us through even with um so you you mentioned earlier you were you were in you were with new york uh newark and and elizabeth correct take us through uh how does that scene look i know you guys have rivals uh ironbound um, very notorious for their um, picking of, uh, are, are very notorious with their links with the New York Red Bulls. Uh, go through that and, and that whole uh, that whole experience, that whole rivalry as well. Right. So, Super Y works this league. This specifically works by uh, region. So, Ironbond already had taken the, the the region of Newark, and we had and we work with uh, Elizabeth Youth Soccer. Like we, I don't know what the process was, but they actually uh, got into an agreement, and we so we could use Elizabeth Youth Soccer name, but playing with the Den Alliance team. And uh, so that's that's how we went. Because there's only allowed to be one team per like county per, or per county exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Newark took the which the county that we were right that we are right now. It's Essex County, and we went as uh, the Union County team. And and we were able to to win it all with with Elizabeth Youth Soccer and then Alliance. So that's the proof that clubs clubs around here can work together, even though that there's a lot of uh, heat. But we were able to overcome that, and uh, we did something good. 
which, which is part of the reason why you had to wear red and black, correct? Yes, yes. That's the, the Elizabeth Youth Soccer uh, uniform is, is red. And then uh, it, I think it's red and white. Yeah, red and white. And then we we had to use it. We, we had, but we 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 still had the Dan Alliance symbol on the on the sleeve, so it was sweet. Yeah, I'm gonna pull up a picture now. But Christian, I'll pass it off to you. Yeah. So I think that like uh, it's important for our listeners who aren't familiar so much with like Newark or even American soccer in general. Um, so Den of Lions is um, affiliated with Lardus Leões, or it's also called that's literally Den of Lions in Portuguese. Um, if you <laughs> didn't pick that up, but now you know. Um, so it, it's it's a delegation in Newark, or so it's base. It's like I don't want to get too into the weeds because I want to follow up on this. But so basically, there's three different categories of affiliations with sporting nucleus, which are the most common. There's over 250. Those are the most common ones that you see. Um, when people like gather for these like watch parties or to like um, whatever those houses, um, th those are usually nucleus. But there's two other kinds: filiais and dele delegations, or delegations, which were basically started before nucleus started. Nucleus started in the 80s. Filiais and delegations came before them. So Lardus Leones in Newark was actually founded in like the 70s. Um, so they actually are like over almost 50 years old or over 50 years old. So pretty old, all like been there for a while. It's in Newark. They have a physical building and, you know, they're, they have a youth soccer club affiliated with the, with the club, with the, with the, the social club, you could call it. And, you know, they wear sporting uniforms. This is their logo. You can clearly see um, that it's, it's been remixed a little bit back in my day. They just straight up used to have the sporting logo, but I like the remixed version to you know add their own personal touch to it. Looks good. So yeah, so it, we we you know I live in New Jersey as well, and we we have a, a a local club in our area that's out there rocking sporting uniforms affiliated with the sporting club in Newark. So I think that that is grounds enough for not only me but all of you guys to support them and you know be fans of of the work that they do and. Um, they are kind of underdogs, not only Andre's team, but, you know, as a club, Ironbound, New York Red Bulls, like trying to take top talent from the exact same area. So, you know, it's always a struggle for Dental Lions. So the fact that, you know, Andre's team was able to, uh, you know, go as far as they did is, is honestly, uh, incredible. And, uh, uh, I'm happy that, you know, he's able to join us and, and talk about his, uh, his experience. I've actually, I messed up. I, that logo wasn't actually of, uh. Than of Lion Gunners. That was something different. But I'll, I'll search up that logo real quick. Um, uh, Andre, talk us through that. So it's a delegation of um, of the best you can, of course. A delegation of of Sporting. Um, honestly, what is what the hell does that mean? You know, like uh, especially here in North America. You know, I have a I have a uh, a, a soccer academy that's not too far from me uh, here in Toronto. That is an actual uh, sort of a. a an academy or a, a byproduct of Spartans Academy. Mind you, very little attention comes from it. Of course, we are in Canada, so maybe there's not enough talent going through there. There's only one talent, there's only one talent that I know of, which is um, he's playing currently in the B team uh, or in the U23 team is Lucas Diaz. But sidetracked, but what does that mean in terms of De Den of Lions as a delegation of Spartan? What does that mean? Well, I, I kind of see it as a, like an affiliated club with Spartan. We use their their logos we we have meetings with them like the 
the Paul, which is a club president, and he's actually watching right now. What's up, Paul? <laughs> and um, yeah, so so we're kind of like an affiliated uh, team and club. We're we're basically a social club, like any any other club, like Casa de Rivatejo and, and 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 all these clubs around here in Newark, which Christian is probably familiar with. There's a lot of clubs um, all over Newark with uh, with with uh, with a lot of portuguese yeah people there's like a, there's the club. azorian oh. club there's the Benfica exactly. club there's just the regular portuguese club and so this, and this is just the, the sporting yes, club there's, yes you know. yes yes and and that's how it started as a as a social club and then um they started they started creating teams participating in tournaments and and, and leagues and then that's that's how it started i mean we're we're basically using sporting uh, we're sporting symbol, the, the Macron shirts. We use them as well. We use everything sporting related. And um, and we try to keep in contact with with sporting as well. I mean, we, we just had the, the the dinner a couple of years ago. I think Christian was present with President Varandas and uh, and Ugviana and, and all of that all those guys. They came up here with with um, with Den Alliance. Yep. We the saw that me and Danny saw them in New York City the next night. Exactly. They were in New York the night before, and then the next night we and, saw them in New York City. And then Alliance had a great part in bringing those guys up here and, and accommodate accommodate them. So it was it was pretty cool. Were they they were they in were they in your physical building or did you guys do it somewhere? Yeah, else? they. I think then then Alliance organized like a. Um, uh, a massive dinner at a, a Portuguese restaurant over here. Oh, okay. Yep. And that's where we all met uh, the the Uviana. We met Frederic Varandas, and and it was it was it was pretty cool on their part to do that. And uh, then of Lions was heavily involved, heavily involved in that. So it was good to see. That's awesome. I know me and Danny can attest. That was a great a great couple of days. Um, you know, if I could have extended the trip even more, one more day, I would have loved to come even a day earlier so I. Could could have gone to the dinner that you're talking about but mm. unfortunately at the time like my work was more stingy about you know taking time off um so i wasn't unable to but i was able to you know enjoy it for like two days so it was it was still great um he said that they he promised us they'd be back soon so um we gotta keep yeah. on them to to make sure that happens you know for maybe a little longer they do a little u.s tour three games or something we've Follow him for a couple of days. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Socks. <laughs> Sam, I don't know if you have any questions for 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 Dre. Yeah. Um. In terms of of a, of a youth coach, um, how difficult do you find it, or is it difficult to sort of, you know, put yourself in the player's shoes and motivate them? You know, what like in terms of like if they have a, a tough loss, is it difficult to motivate players, especially at a young age? That's a, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is difficult to mot motivate them, but we we try our best. I mean, we're dealing with in my my group age is U18s, so and they they play high school soccer. I mean, we call it. I hate I hate that word. It's high school football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we play high school football. They play high school football, and and then on on the off season of high school, they play club team, either club or academy, but we're a club. And it's you know, and, and they're big boys. They're U18s. They they they're they're national champions, current national champions. They know how hard you know. Before they we won Super Y Nationals, we we lost the league to the number one to the number one team in the country, which is STA, 
We lost them the, the 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 league to them in the last game of the season. We lost uh, the stake up to them in the last game of the season. So these boys know how devastating it is to 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 not put everything on the line, to not give your give it your all. So they they it's hard, it's hard. But to answering your question, it's hard, but it's hard, but uh but uh, but it's you know it's it's motivating at the same time <laughs> when they lose because they know it you know it might happen at any time. Yeah. Yeah. And then in terms of say for uh, like when I watch sporting and I like, say uh, I see something in the game that say like Brian Ruiz twenty sixteen for example they could have scored and you think about it all the time as a coach like when you see something happen in the game do you find it difficult to disconnect sort of in your personal life do you still do you think oh what could have happened or should I have done something differently or is it just a straight disconnect you sort of like don't don't really feel it once the game's done. That's 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 another real good question. I mean, when when the game starts, all we try to to do is think about the game, uh, mm -hmm. whatever happened in the game before, or whatever is happening outside. That's the hard part about being you know coaching U18s right now is making them fo being focused on the game. It's it's hard, but we you know we try as much as you can. Like just when 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 the game is on, that's all you think about. You know, forget about your girlfriend watching on the sidelines. Forget about the parents screaming and yelling. You know, you try to do whatever it takes and play the best of your ability to 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 win the game, which is what we're looking for. Yeah. And um, lastly, you mentioned about meeting Verandas and Hugo Viana. Was that like a starstruck moment for you? Were you were you nervous? Like, how how was it actually meeting those and getting to have conversations with them? No, it was it was we we didn't we didn't talk that much because they were to be honest with you they were. They, they were awake for like 30 hours <laughs> and they were, they were pretty tired when the dinner happened but but it was it was it was good to, to have a little bit of a conversation with them just to have a feel because Varandas was elected at that time really was what three four months in the job and uh, it was it was cool it was actually really cool to to talk to them especially uh Ugviana. Ugviana was a guy that I really enjoyed talking to and um and I also met Manuel Fernandes and Manuel Fernandes I really enjoy sporting legend he was there the next night but hugo vienna wasn't unfortunately only only manuel fernandez was but oh, yeah no. he was he was a character i i guess i'll give him that. <laughs> he, <laughs> to say the least, to say the least. <laughs> well manuel fernandez got some stories man but he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a legend you know my dad was super happy to meet him because he was like his mm. idol my dad was was at the stadium with the setum in the late 80s my dad was at the stadium like right on the first couple of rows in the old stadium and my dad was psyched to meet him they were he was, he was talking for like half an hour with him so it was really cool cool uh danny i'll pass it back to you yeah i actually ended up i met him too well with christian as we were saying i actually met him too uh showed a picture to my dad because i don't whatever i don't know the guy i didn't i didn't grow up watching him but my dad seen it he's going crazy as well um a bit back to Den of Lions. Last few questions here. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Um, or actually, one one question more towards you. How did you get into coaching? Um, and, and and how do you? Not to make this sound like a job interview, but what? Where do you see yourself in the next couple of years? Do you see yourself <laughs> more within youth soccer, or uh, can you go coach uh, Sporting after Ruben Amorim uh, goes to Barcelona later? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Definitely not. Definitely not. My my goal right now is to help these boys get into a good college through soccer. 
through That's football. It. Through football, I'm sorry. Hey, call it soccer, bro. That guy, it yeah, soccer, this, in this go. part of the world, I call it soccer. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 the goal right now is to help out these boys, um, getting getting to good through to to good colleges. What was the first part of the question? Was and how, do, how did how you, did, I get how did you get into coaching? Yeah, yeah, it was actually a friend of mine who coaches and and invited me because the co the other coach that he had at the time he, he left due to personal problems. And I watched a couple of games and I, you know, I, I decided to go help him out. And, you know, I liked it. I really liked it. And, um, and uh, it, it was a good team. The team was already made by, by the other, by the previous coach. Mm -hmm. And then I just, I just had to step in and just basically continue the, the work that was being done with the boys, which was excellent. And um, that's, that's, that's how it started. It was through a friend of mine who was already the coach of the team. And and we just continue the, the the work that was being done before. For sure. Uh, my last question, and I mean, Christian, you can speak onto this as well as, as seeing as you are part of the community. Um, what is what does Den of Lions mean to the community, to 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 Newark, to Elizabeth, um, and and what has Den of Lions really brought onto the community as well? As a social club or as a the soccer team? Both. 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 I, it's a really. I think it's a really big. Part of the Portuguese community. I mean, I think um, at, all the clubs are really, to, to be honest with you. I feel like we're one of the biggest Portuguese communities around the world for a reason, you know. And it's because of all the hard work that these people do, uh, and most of them, they you know, they do this for free. You know, they 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 the Portugal Day Parade, which probably Christian is familiar with. Uh, it's a big, really big part of. The community, you know, not only clubs, but you know, restaurants, uh, super, uh, supermarkets, everything is Portuguese around here. So the, you know, and, and these guys really work work hard. And uh, you know, a big shout out to all the Portuguese clubs, not only the Alliance, but all of them, for doing their part and and keeping every everybody together. Fair. Um, uh, sorry, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I just wanted for the listeners just a little bit of context. Um, like about just in general how youth soccer in this country works. Um, like, honestly, like there's a big, big paywall in front of elite soccer in this country in a way that in Europe it doesn't exist. If you're talented and you're good enough, like, trust me, like eventually it's it's going to work out. Someone's going to bring you in. Someone's going to pay for your your bus ticket, your hotel room, wherever the fuck it is, because in the end they know that that is, it, it, it's a worthwhile investment to pay $200 right now because you're going to be worth potentially 20 million in three years, you know? So that's a, that's a good ROI there. So in this country though, it's just, it's just a business, man. That's just, it's just how it works. It's more so a business than it is uh, any sort of, you know, serious way of developing talent, which, Honestly, like you're seeing top Americans now show up in Europe now. Um, the MLS is, has improved over the last several years. It's because they've started to incorporate youth players more. Um, there's, no, there's no mistake that, that those two things are directly correlated. Um, they still do the, you know, the big name, the one guy, the Beckham, the Giovinco, the whatever. But it's less, it's less about that now. And they're, they're, they're building real squads now. So that's good to see. Um, but yeah, going back to my original point, youth soccer, there's just a major, major, major paywall in front of it. Um, so to play on these top teams, it's super, super expensive. You know, these tournaments, hotels, driving, gas, this shit adds up. Um, so 
Newark obviously is is a is a working class city. Um, there's so the 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 fade the the real life circumstances that people who live in Newark grow up in Newark face versus kids who live in you know a ritzy suburb and they like and they play den of lions. It's like all these kids are just you know rich kids from the suburbs or whatever. So Andre's team has to work so much harder to just level that playing field um, because just youth soccer is a business. So I think that that even, you know, lends even greater, um, you know, achievement to Andre's success and his team's success. I don't know if you want to speak about that more, Andre, because you obviously, you'll, you know, are with these kids every day. No, what I, what I can add is that we, we do, I know we do, we, we actually do a lot with these kids too, to, and we fight against all odds around here, you know, academy teams, uh, uh, you know, all those those teams that have a lot of money and and uh, us as club as a club team i think we do pretty well and we're growing and we're you know we're striving for the next level and we're going to get there with the help of uh, of these boys agreed um one question from uh, from somebody in the audience of course no need to uh be too nitty gritty but how are the parents for the kids you coach how difficult is it when their kid doesn't play uh, do they say anything? Like nowadays, most parents expect their kid to be the next Ronaldo. It's actually <laughs> a really good point as well. What do you make of that? Or has there been a lot of turmoil in that case? No, not really. I mean, the parents already know. Like if you, because all the kids have quality. At 18 years old, you, you're either good or you're not good. You're not going to be yeah. testing, you know, a player that really doesn't know what he's doing into one of these teams. Uh, no, the parents, the parents, you know, it's not, not everything is easy, but but we deal we deal well with that we deal uh, well with that situation. I'm not gonna lie, Andre. I feel like the kids of the parents who pay like fucking twenty k for their kid to play on a team are just way way worse to deal with. I can't even imagine yeah. dealing with those. There parents. was there, like, there's been actually holy a shit, situations. man. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt because that's rude. No, no, go. No, there's, there's, there's actually been a couple of situations that uh, parents decided, oh, we're going to leave the club scene because my kid is a good player. He plays good here. And then they go, they go to an academy team. And Christian is familiar with the academy teams because I think he played in one or still plays in one or something like that. Right, Christian? Uh, I mean, I'm playing rec ball now back in the okay. day. <laughs> so so there's more than one time that a kid takes takes a shot at an, an academy team, an expensive – Expensive academy team and they get there and it's not the same you know i'm not with my boys i have to start over and i cannot relate to anyone here or and then they'll end up come, coming back so mm. it's 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 an interesting dynamic that happens with sometimes really good players they don't fit well with academy teams not only because of money but because of the style of play that they do or because they've been used to playing with their friends for a long time so it's it changes a little bit Facts, facts. Uh, the last question for me uh, really is um, and with this whole COVID-19 thing, of course, you guys won the championship before COVID really hit. Um, how has COVID affected everything? Um, I believe you guys were supposed to go to Tampa this year. How, how's that looking? Yeah, it affected, it affected really, really bad. We were ranked on, um, on the system here. Club-wise, we were ranked like around 40 in the in the in the united states and with covid everything you know went to hell we stopped going to tournaments while other teams kept playing again again fucking exclusive tournaments or whatever They'll, exactly, exactly so they can keep getting points in the ranking system 
exactly keep their rank up it's impossible so <laughs> but but still i still i strongly believe that we're one of the top teams in new jersey still with with the kids that we have so good things are coming that's all i can and, say and right. you guys are supposed to start for real again right your next tournament yeah coming, coming up, up coming up in the next few weeks it's, we're gonna we actually practice starting practice tonight tonight oh, nice. so good things are definitely coming in the upcoming weeks hell yeah best nice. of luck man for real best we'll, of luck we'll, we'll, we'll tweet an update to our followers of how, how it goes because <laughs> I, I, I think wanna, I'm not gonna lie, Andre. I think you got some new fans tonight for for Den Alliance. I hope so. I hope so. You hear that, Paul? <laughs> Paul is watching. I'm just messing with him. Paul do you mind it. if I do you mind if I name drop? You don't have to say how it happened. Yeah. I just want to mention how a, a certain athlete did send your players a, a motivational video. Do you mind if I drop that name? <laughs> You can say no. Uh, I would not do it. No, I'm sorry. Okay, never mind then. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, guys, let's let's move on to uh, unless there's any more pending questions, Christian or Sam. No, no, I no. This is great. I hope I I just wanted to tell everyone. I hope to follow up more um, with dental lines in the future. You know, Philly eyes, delegations, nucleus. Get you guys more info about it. It's something I'm curious about. Um, you have info. Shoot it my way. I'm receptive. DMs open. You already know. <laughs> uh, Christian, Christian is doing a fantastic job since we got in touch, and he's he's the man right now. He's doing everything he can to help us out. He already spoke with our with our president as well, uh, Paul. They had a nice nice conversation, and um, it's fantastic. You know, the doors are open to any of you guys. You know, if if uh, even if Sam travels to the US one day, a gente nós fazemos questão de yeah, sounds good to me. And if you if you're ever in the UK, feel free. I'll, I'll buy you many many beers. <laughs> nice. That's that's what I that's what I like to hear. <laughs> I'll take you up on that. Just uh, one 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 last thing from João Seta here. Uh, does Casa de Benfica have a rivalry with Den of Lions Academy? Uh, is there a Casa de Benfica in Newark? I mean, I guess so, right? It's a big Portuguese community. Yeah. Is there any is. sort of rivalry there? there? There is there is a Casa do Benfica in Newark, but do they don't have a they, sports team? Do they? They used to have a couple of years ago, but then they you know they finished that. But I, mm -hmm. I last I heard they're 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 starting again soon. But no, no. To answer yeah, uh, to answer João Serra's question, no, I didn't. They we don't have a rivalry with Casa do Benfica because they don't have any teams as as of right now. Another, I don't know where João is from, but another thing, even especially here in North America. It's more so of us working together than it is us being a rival, just because there's so few and far between of us. The rivalry uh, is I mean, mostly online, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, when it comes, even here, here in Toronto, you know, my the Casa of the Sporting, they don't have bad relations with the Casa of Benfica or with the Casa of Porto. You know, it's it's just three houses in a big Portuguese community here. That's so. To, yeah, to, I know. To I know. I know. That. I actually know of uh, people that are not even. Sporting fans, and they go to the Alliance, yeah. and, you know, just to hang out with friends that that go there, or just to have, go there and have a beer. So, so it's uh, it's an interesting it's an inter interesting thing thing to see. But to, and and about rivalry, no, Casa do Benfica is not our, our rival. Our rival is is like Christian said, the Ironbond Ironbond teams. Facts. Facts. All right. Thanks for that, uh, Andrea. We do appreciate that. And like we said, best of luck for this season. And uh, hopefully we can 
or we, I'm, I'm already speaking as if I'm, I'm one of you guys, but we, because <laughs> I am one of you guys, we can repeat. Uh, let's, let's quickly go on to the, uh, to the nil-nil Porto game. Uh, I'll read out the starting 11. Let me just quickly throw this up here. Um, Spartan starting 11 was as followed. We had Antonio Adhanenet with Fidal, Kouac, and Inasu in the back line. Nunu Mins and Poru on the wing backs. Palinha and João Mario in the midfield with Nunu Santos, Tiago Tomaj, and Pot with uh, substitutions of Tavata, Matheus Nunes, uh, Jovan Cabral, and uh, Matheus Reis. Porto, um, their starting 11 was uh, Merchenzi and Net with... Uh, that's Zaidu, right? So, yeah. uh, as left back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Zaidu, Pep, Mabemba, and Manafa. They had Otavio, Uribe, Sergio Oliveira, Jesus Corona, who had a, a hell of a game, and Taremi and Marega up top uh, with substitutions of Ivan Nielsen, um, the, the, the Kusing Sound kid, Sheik uh, Kusing Sound, and, and Luis Diaz. Um, Andrea, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it off with you. What were your thoughts on this, on this nil-nil? It was a really tough game. I think Sporting's def uh, defensive three, they, they played a fantastic game. It was, um, it was a tough game. We can't forget that we're playing at the Dragon and they have everything on the line. I, you know, I keep hearing a lot of people saying, oh, it's, you know, it's a boring game. It's, Sporting, needed, uh, Sporting did what they needed to do to hold on the fort. You know what I mean? They, the, the three in the back, they had, they had Taremi and Marega on lock. I mean, Taremi had clear situation in front of the goal. He missed it. Too bad. We'll take it. We'll take the tie. But it was it was a tough game. It was a tough game, and and the the, the subs that Ruben Amorim did, I really enjoyed uh, when when Matheus Nunes went in and uh, and and Jovan Cabral, Ruben Amorim touched touched a couple of uh, of players in midfield and it made the difference. Because uh, João Mario, it was it was okay, but he was getting tired in the second half. So so I actually enjoyed the subs that he did. And it was a it was a good game. At the end, you know, I was I was celebrating, you know, a tie at the Dragon, ten points still. So I'll take it. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Sam, what about you? What were your thoughts? Yeah, um, I will say I watched this with my my girlfriend at her house, and she's she does watch football. But as I was on the edge of my seat as a sporting fan watching everything, she was so bored. She was like, "This is such a boring game." But it's legit. I was on the edge of my seat, and I think no one here can deny Porto with a much better team in that game. Um, I don't think there's any doubt. I feel like they their team was better because we had a few bad players. I think this was possibly Nuno Mendes's worst game. Uh, Jesus Corona skinned him. It seemed like every play. Um, Inacio looked really nervous. Um, I thought as well. Um, Pedro Porro had a had a had a really off game. Same with Pot. But the one thing I will say about this team, that defensive line, the back three in terms of off, uh, playing Porto offside was phenomenal. So many times that they it looked like they were through, but no, it was actually the defensive three holding such a good line. And um, I think as well, John Mario is frustrating at times. He does pass back a lot. And I do feel like in some parts of the game, he did ruin uh, some of the moves, like the, the, the counter-attacks was going on and he just passed it back to the defence. But I guess in a game like this, it's sort of necessary. And I don't know about you guys, when Matthews Nunes came on and he made that run, I thought that was it. I thought that was 1-0. I was so annoyed how he put that That was the crazy, man. That run was man. insane, man. It was literally like watching The Flash. He was so <laughs> quick. And I, I can't believe he skied it. But um, 
like uh, Andre said, when he came on, it was it was good. I think Amorim, uh, I said it before, because Amorim was such a, a, a good midfielder in his day that he sort of rubs off on like the Pelinias and the Matthews Nunes, even Jean Murray. I know he's a bit older, but I feel like he has that mentality installed into them. Um, Thiago Tomas, I give him a lot of shit, but the way he annoyed Pepe in that game made me very happy. Um, just a quick side note as well. I won't say too much more, but this Porto team is same with the the manager. It's just, in my opinion, and I mean no disrespect, there's lovely Porto fans out there. Is literally a bunch of thugs. I hate I hate them all. Ottavio, right? Crybaby. They're crybaby thugs, dude. They're crybaby thugs. Ottavio's got the really <laughs> ugly tattoos. He's got the veneers. He looks like a proper like fuck boy. He, I hate him so much. Pepe as well. Phenomenal footballer, do not get me wrong. He is another one. The whole team, and uh, I spoke a bit with it but, uh, before we went live with Danny. Sergio Oliveira's interview first was uh, was disgraceful. Yeah, I know, you know that meme where it's like the happy face over top of like the guy going like he's so oh, like mad. The mask. Yeah, that is that him. One. That was him in that interview, bro. Like he was a meme in that interview. It fully was, but um, that Sergio Oliveira's interview and. Um, Credit to Ristovsky, no longer a sporting player, but that Instagram post that Danny put up um, <laughs> at the start was was hilarious. Um, but uh, as well, Francisco Constasal not shaking um, Pedro Porro's hand is very similar to his thug of a dad as well. You know, it's, it's obviously a mentality that he's put in them. And it's like me and Danny Walsh are saying, Sergio Constasal is someone, if he's on your team, he's great to watch. And like he's great to have that mentality. But when you're against him, He's sort of like the Draymond Green of football. It's just like you just love to hate him. You just think he's an absolute idiot. And I was very glad he was put in his place when at the end, I believe he said, um, how many times did Sporting get off the bench like to complain? And the, the reporter just went, four. And he was like, oh, four. Well, congratulations. But, you know, <laughs> I, I hate that team. I'm, I'm glad they didn't win. But um, the only bad thing is that with Benfica also winning um, their last few games and Porto, obviously, they, they didn't win, but they still played well. I think they are starting to reach that bit of form that we haven't seen yet, but I think I think we're good enough to to see it through. But overall, you know, it was a game that needed to. A draw is great for us. A win would have been so much nicer. But um, Amorim got the job done, and you know, as he said, we can't we can't think about the title. One game at a time. One game at a time. And that's I think that's how we were all thinking. One game at a time. Next game is a, a must win, just like every other game. So yeah, that's what I've got. Sam, Sam, that's a that's a great that's a great fucking point because honestly, it it hasn't happened yet. Like the slip up has not occurred. Mm-hmm. So if it did, and like the rivals got within six, right? Let's say we lose and they got within six. Imagine like the press. It's like the title race is back open. Like it would just be full steam ahead, but they just haven't had the opportunity to do that at all. Yeah, I think it's because the team is so young that I think Amorim's saying, like, let's not get too ahead of ourselves, keep keep our feet on the floor, because I do think if it does come, it might come. If that first loss does happen, especially with young players, I know Anjo will have experience of this uh, with his youth team. A lot of the the youngsters will be a lot of, uh, will be dejected and, you know, They'll feel like they've they've let people down, but it's just like the loss is probably going to happen sooner or later. 
If it doesn't, then that's fantastic. Maybe but, um, not, though. <laughs> maybe not. But if it does happen, I think um, this this team is mentally strong. I don't think we'll have an issue there. But um, like you said, um, you know, it is literally just one game at a time. I'm glad he hasn't mentioned the title yet because it's one of those things that if he goes, oh, yeah, we're, chat- we're contenders and then we slip up, it's going to be one of them memes that lives forever. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big Amarine fan and I'm, I'm very pleased of what he's doing so far. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Christian, any uh, anything to add on the nil-nil? Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess just basically just to, you know, uh, add a little bit to what uh, Andre and De- uh, Sam already said, just I thought that the, I guess, I don't know. I, I go back and forth how I think about the approach to kind of shithouse. I, I respect it and I, I agree with it. And honestly... The, the true cowards are, are Porto, right? Because they have to win this game, and they're playing like it's just a normal classico where it's like, you know, two points. It's like you would not you would not have – you would never have – if you just showed this game to, like, a random guy who doesn't follow Port, the Portuguese league in, like, Turkey, you, that guy would never tell you that Porto was, you know, down 10 points because they, they just looked like a casual, you know, the, how classicos always look. Honestly, all these games are the big games are honestly almost always a disappointment. I'm not gonna lie. So it just it was just standard, and for us, standard is fine because we're the ones that are chilling. But yeah, I, I guess it 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 very easily could not have worked though, right? Because Tademi did have a couple clear chances. You know, we did have you know the Mateus Nunes that was probably our best chance. We had a couple other half chances, but that was really about it. There was a pretty much a zero offensively, and just. 90 minutes of shit housing because I mean, we have the luxury of being able to do that and it, it worked, but it, yeah, I guess it just takes one, one crack in the armor, right? One, one new new men's turnover and three passes later, Tanami finds himself right in front of the net and he just fucking misses it. But that's, that's how that, that's what can happen. Right. Um, that's the game. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm incredibly, you know, grateful that, that it worked out. Um, I thought that Adan had a great game. I thought that Kawats had a, a great game. Um, I thought that Joao Mario and Joao Polina had great games. Um, and I thought that, I mean, Porto probably deserved to win one or two, nothing, but they, it's on, it's on them. They, they can cry all they want about like external factors, I suppose. But at the end of the day, Tadami had four chances to score and he didn't score any of them. And, it worked out for us. So I guess the deciding factor in, in all these league titles is always how you do against the the other teams. And Porto and Befica drop points like every week the last two months. So, I mean, <laughs> if you're going to do that, you better come to play in the big game, which honestly, they, they really fully didn't. Exactly. Exactly. I'll, I'm just going to quickly add a few things um, that that you know our defensive our defensive uh our defensive performance if you will against Porto on Saturday is just more so of what we have been this season uh, portistas are are making it out to be like we fully put everybody behind the net when in fact like we have the best defensive record of the season for a for a reason you know we we've we've only suffered uh i think it was said earlier 10 goals so far in the league this season um that's that's important to the way we play i mean there's a reason why fadal Kwach, Pelina, um even inasio neto 
why these players have all had like their shining spots this season is because we've been so solid at the back. Um, they underestimate how big, I mean, they can say we've defended how big of a tackle in the first half Kowac had against uh, Marega. Um, or the the fact that every Porto player or every Porto element on the bench got up for what was one of the cleanest tackles of the game with Nuno Minj stripping the ball in the box away from, uh, from I believe it was Marega as well. Um, and then, yeah, like Christian mentioned, like, Taremi, if you miss an open net, bro, what do you expect? Like, what do you... I don't understand all the all the crying. Um, we could have easily. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and and we could have easily. And, and I think the- we 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 appropriate we appropriate the volume onto Brian Ruiz. You still see that picture like every other month. We're not. I mean, no one's trying to say that's anyone else's fault. Like I just, yeah, exactly. you gotta you gotta look in the mirror at a certain point, right? Exactly, exactly, and that's the that's the big thing as well. Um, and then, yeah, we and we could have easily stolen the game with that Mateusz Nunes run. Maybe with a bit more composure, he tries to chip the keeper, or uh, he I, tries to play. He t- he tries to slide it on the yeah. angle to to Tabata at the back post. That too, honestly, in my eyes, all I wanted him to do, even if it if it goes out for a corner, goes out for a corner. You got to get that on target at least, at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, we like I said, we could have stolen the game, Porto. You know, they can say all that they want about us playing defensive. They Let me just quickly look at the stats again. They had 14 shots. Uh, hold on, hold on. It was 14 shots. Three were on target. Nine were off to- target. And two were blocked. So, like I've been saying, you know, if, if they're mad at anybody, they have to be mad at themselves. Um, well, it, a quick question like... for you guys. Sorry, go, go, go. Sorry, I was just going to say, um, Nando, who obviously is a, a part of the, the 160EN team, um, on the the podcast, uh, is it Football No Filter? They have the Facebook group, and all you saw on it was Porto fans saying, "Oh, zero shots on target. You you suck. Zero shots on target." It's like you didn't beat a team at zero shots on target. That's not that's not against us. That's against you. But um, mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt, Danny. Carry on. No, 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 that, and that's exactly the, the the reason. Yeah, they're calling us. I, I mean, we haven't won the title yet, but they're calling us one of the worst champions. Like they beat us all season, right? I'll take it. Um, I mean, <laughs> the, what was last season? <laughs> the what the fuck was last season? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I just want your opinions because uh, there has been, like like, like Andrea was showing, uh, um, Andrea, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, he got a yellow card for it. Um, Sporting fans, we, we did complain for a, a, a potential red for Zaidu on, on the first game against uh, Porto at home. Do you think Nuno Men should have seen more than just the yellow there? I think it's a fair yellow. It's an eye-opener for Nuno Men. Nuno Men was had a bad game, in my opinion. I agree. He had a bad game, but that's that's a yellow. That's a yellow card. It's a bad bad play on him. Agreed, agreed. Christian? Yeah, I'm biased. I'm biased because this exact scenario happened to me in my game this past weekend. I think the difference between this and the Zaidu is this is foot on foot. Just sometimes when you're playing, you step on the guy's foot. Um, I, I, it's a fair yellow. Um, and, you know, the, the Zaidu incident was more on, on his, like, mid-shin. So when that foot goes above the ankle or ankle and above, that's when it starts to be bad. Um, so I think that this is the, you know, the – the the best because it, it hurts a lot less getting your foot stepped on than getting your shin spiked. Um, 
So yeah, I think that this is the 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 you know the highest level before you start to go into you know is this a sending off situation because this is just a you know a hard a, a hard foul he spiked him on the foot um, yellow. Facts. I agree actually too. Sam, any countering opinions? It's one of them because Nuno Mendes is, is quite young. Like I said earlier, he did get skinned a lot by Corona. And I think it's something that is going to, yeah. like no 18, especially a defender, is going to be super solid. And I think this is a learning curve for him. But, um, you know, I, I do believe it was an accident. That might be my bias coming through. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a fair yellow. But, um, you know, if I was Nuno Mendes, sort of stands on him a bit harder just to say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the only other thing I can really think of in terms of this game um, was the uh, – it was called offside on Marega, um, but it wasn't Taremi. really offside. Taremi, sorry, Taremi. Wasn't really offside, and then it's, it's a shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder or maybe a shoulder-to-back between Inasu and Taremi. Uh, Andre, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that play. Do you think – Yeah, I am. Uh, I am. I actually think what the are your foul is outside of the box, to be honest with you. If there's a foul, it looks to be outside of the box. But it's 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 not offside. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I watched this clip probably 50 times. Probably stared at that offside line probably for 10 minutes straight, or or 10 minutes in total over the past couple day, couple out or or days. Yeah, I've gone back and forth on whether or not he's offside or not. The angle's tough. It's really tough. It's the line's been fucked and stuff by putting his yeah, flag up by putting his flag up initially because it is damn damn close to tell as far as the next part of the play the push there's one angle right so i like to take the like you know if there's three angles and it looks like something in one of the angles but it doesn't look like in the other two like i usually in those situations right because we've taught we've done this before i hope that you guys can hold me to this standard like if I if it seems like something in one of the angles, but it doesn't seem like it in yeah. two, like you got to go with the majority, right? There's one angle where it looks like his arm is extending and pushing him in the back. I think it's the one where it's just like looking straight down. But then the other two replays, it, it really it looks like the contact happens. Tademi feels the contact because they bump and he's instantly going down, and the arm is just kind of just like it's not the arm it's the contact and then the arm is just kind of like a natural movement it's not that it's not a shove but there, there's one angle that looks like he kind of shoves him but then it doesn't look like that in the other two so i mean there if anyone watched arsenal uh lester this weekend there's a very mm -hmm. similar incident between v vardy and i forget who's playing center back for arsenal um gabriel. i think gabriel yeah yeah it's they didn't uncalled i mean it, it, I, I, unfortunately, for 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 I, I honestly, Andre, I had I didn't even look at the the outside the box perspective of it. Um, I guess I'll have to go back and watch it if he's outside the box. Because if he's outside the box, yeah, I guess it doesn't even matter. Because even if you could review it, if he didn't put his flag up, but he's outside the box, it doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll look back at that. But um, from what I saw, I, I don't think it would have. I should have been a PK, even if. Um, it's just down so easily. It's can, mm -hmm. he spends the whole game on the on, on the ground. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Agreed. Sam, uh, anything to add on that? Do you agree? Um, I'm going to be a bit of a devil's advocate here because 
as much as my bias wants to say, oh yeah, it's, it's not. It's it's difficult, and I think Inacio is very lucky because, as Chris said, there is always that one angle where it looks like he gives him a push, and we know rest in Portugal, they see one angle, they see it, they're like, okay, they're going to call it. But I think again, like I mentioned about Nuno Mendes, it's something that you know it's going to come with age. But I think it was really dangerous and stupid by Inacio because, like Andre said, Taremi always goes down. We've seen it at Maritim when we saw it, uh, and in his Porto career. It, the slightest touch, and it's that slightest touch the referees have to, you know, if they go to VAR, there's contact, then they don't really have a choice. To be fair to Tremi, he's playing the game to the rules, really. If it works, then why wouldn't you do it? Is it a moral thing? And then sure, but you know, if it gets his team points, I don't think anyone complains. But um, uh, whether it was offside or not, I agree with Chris, it's really tight to call. But I think Porto definitely have a case. Yo, it's outside the box. The contact is outside the box, even if it happens. None of this matters. None of this matters. And everyone go back and watch it. The first contact happens outside the box. We're good. We're in the clear. I don't even have to live with that on my conscience at all. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. That, then, it's a, then it's a, a free kick then. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, they missed that on a free kick. A which, free kick, I mean, potential red card could have been a good chance. Yes, that that's true. That's true. That could have changed the game. Right. If if mm-hmm. if if they called out a foul, it Is could have been a red there? card. I, I'm not. I, I was trying to see it on V Sports, but yeah, yeah. He he he's last man. He's last man. There's there's it would have been a red if they called a foul, right? So yeah, I guess we can. Well, look. I don't think it would have changed the game plan much, right? No. <laughs> we would have thrown on net, too, which might have been even better defensively. <laughs> we could just chalk it up to inexperience by, by uh, Inacio, sorry. But like I said, it will come with time. Remember, he hasn't played that much in terms of overall game time. You know, he's played, I think, the last four straight. But in terms of that, he's had sub-appearances and some cup games. But, yeah. you know, it will come with time. But, um, yeah, it was he was a lucky boy there. Yeah, agreed. I agree. I, there definitely is contact. I think Taremi also is looking for the contact as oh, well. Oh, but 100%. I mean, so uh, the thing is, I have to criticize the, the, the linesman there. Why, they were really quick to throw up their – their because this wasn't the only time where they threw up the offside flag the, this is when the it was, thing. like, gonna, really close. I'm going to be oh, referees, devil's ridiculous. advocate for this because this also happens to me. Like, if someone plays the ball over the top to you and you're making a run and you kind of have to hesitate your run a little bit to wait for the ball, even if you're onside, it looks like you're offside. And this always infuriates me because in my league, right, the refs always call it. And I'm like, yo, like I'm running along the line and it's just, he played a shitty fucking ball and I had to come back for it, you know? So like, if you have to wait for it or you try to, you know, adjust back for it, they, it looks like you're offside. So honestly, that happened on that Tedemi run. But yo, it was it was closer than he thought it was because yeah. it was right my, on the line. My only thing with that though, Chris, is you don't have VAR in your yeah. In your yeah, menu, I don't have you know VAR. I mean? in my like, league. Yeah. They do. So what are they throwing up the, lo- the, yeah. the, the, the yeah. leg up way too early, way too quick? Um, yeah, that's my only thing about that. The, the linesman in this game. Um, and who knows, maybe that has any, something to do with Antero. Maybe Taremi missing has something to do with Antero. <laughs> I mean, he did try to get him to spot yeah, in this number. Yeah, who knows bro. that? Taremi's <laughs> a, a sleeper cell. Yeah. Sporting sleeper cell. He has yet to score against Sporting in his, in his professional career. I think the Porto fans can look into that. Mm-hmm. I agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, that's really it from the game. Um, 
I'm, I'm just going to ask you guys man of the match before we move on to uh, <clears throat> to um, Muzalizad. I'll go first, and I'm going to honestly give it to uh, to Kowatch. I know Pelina did a great job in the midfield. Shout out to João Mario. I don't think we've mentioned João Mario enough yet. Um, a lot of complaints about him this season, but I thought he had a decent game. Uh, I mean, he was one of the few that actually controlled the ball well, slowed up play, and tried to go for something. Um, but I'm going to give it to Kwach that that cut against uh, or that tackle, whatever you want to call it, against. Um, good job, Lauren. I almost forgot against um, against uh, Marega was huge. Quick question for you guys that I forgot to bring up uh, from Lauren was um, how much of uh, no fans in the stadium um, accounts for for this not only for this game but for this season. That I really only want to hear your uh, your opinion on this because we've kind of went over this in the past. I think the fans they has something to do with it with Sporting due to what happened in the previous years. You know, it's not easy to play when fans are booing and, and you're having a bad game. That that was happening a lot in Avalad, and I I was a fan at the stadium watching one of those games when that happened. I think I think this is a, a breath fresh air for this for this team to and for the club as well which is more really important to 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 take these games on a different on a different level you know they're playing with no fans no not a whole lot of pressure comes from the stands no no you don't have to play in games where people are whistling and booing and and, and stuff like that so but at the same at the same time it's 11 v 11 you know what i mean the team it is what it is we're, we're doing good and um, I think he has some to do with it, and it, and and and, but I, I don't think it affects the team as 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 much as we think it does because they're professionals. You know, it's what they do. Exactly, exactly, and especially now more than ever, I, we probably would have won the, this game had our fans been cheering us on. You know, and um, honestly, think about if the Benfica fans were in the stadium right woo! now. God. They wouldn't have won today. It would have been a fucking inferno in there, and they would have been shitting on them so hard. All 16,000 that attended <laughs> or less. <laughs> Think about it. Like That's just what happens in Portugal. When you're dog shit and you're 20 points off, you get no one shows up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As we know. <laughs> As we know. You, you get like 4,000 um, for Tass of the Liga games. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, Andre, who's your man of the match for this Porto game? It could be a Porto player as well. It doesn't have to be Sporting. No, Corona, Corona had a tremendous game, but I'm, I'm yeah, it's going to be a Sporting game definitely for me. And it's not one man of the match. I was going to go with John Polinho, but the first half, John Polinho had a couple of bad passes with John Mario as well. But I'm going to, I'm going to say the the back three, the back, th especially Kovac. I mean, you can see that Ruben Amorim works uh, on defending really well with with these with this group of players. Like even when if Porro misses a uh, Pedro Porro on the right, if he misses a a pass and loses the ball, you you could see right right away that Gonzalo Inácio is gonna close the gap. On the other side, Nuno Mendes loses the ball, you can see right away Fedal making that run to cover that gap. I mean, it's amazing what Ruben Amorim is doing with his teams, when, especially when it comes to defending. I mean, that's that's where, in my opinion, that's where he's winning the games, most of the games, is by defending well, everybody helping each other. Especially the, the the back three, it's they they had an amazing game in my opinion. Even Gonzalo Inácio, Gonzalo Inácio, we can we can't forget. He, he's I think he's twenty, twenty years old. Not a lot of experience. I'm glad you said that, Andre, because honestly, I was gonna say like 
he's the starter now. Like it, it it's yeah. Nephew lost his spot. It's over. Yeah, it kind of happened. It kind of happened low key. It just kind of happened right. low key. Um, I think but it happened I mean, with the Maritimo game with it, that what is it, three, three, game is that he had with one assist and everything. That Gonzalo Inacio got got his spot yeah. in that game. Yeah. Even though that I like I like Neto, but but Inacio is to me is is the starter and he's learning very well with Kovac. You can see Kovac is always talking to him. You know, this is how you position yourself on the field. You can see them having conversations. And yeah. Gonzalo and Inacio is a nice, really nice surprise this year. Agreed. Agreed. And just quickly, as you mentioned, our defensive team, uh, and Sam mentioned it a bit earlier, the way we play the high line this year has been like like chef's kiss. Even, I mean, even this game, just one more thing that I forgot to mention. This game, Porto yeah. was, was Porto was pressuring really high in the first half. They, they couldn't do that the whole game because, you know, it's impossible. to, to mm -hmm. The players are going to get tired really, really quick. But Porto had the lesson studied so we were they were doing high pressure all the time sporting had a had a, a hard time getting out in the first half so ruben and Mourinho had to adjust a couple of things at halftime joan mario got more involved didn't do a lot of bad passes joan Polino had a tremendous second half i mean i don't know what the hell i mean he has to he has to go to the national team i'm sorry i'm just gonna say it is a monster right now and he played a tremendous game in second half and fernand santos you better open your eyes Please. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, we've got friend, we've got get, World Cup qualifiers at the end of March, so mm -hmm. I mean, he fucking he better be in the squad, Jesus. Like at least. At I mean, least. even I even think, should be considered for the squad, I think. I was actually looking at the the Portugal team in the next few years. Portugal team is stacked, but if there's oh. one position that we're lacking. Even even who's the guy on Wolves? The forward on Wolves. He's he's borderline. He's definitely getting called like, up. Damn, there's he's a lot of guys who I think should be. Yeah, they should roll the dice on. But what sorry, are you saying? Off, Andre. Yeah, that's okay. But what position are you missing out on? I think I think center back. If that's what you're gonna say, no, no, no. I'm saying the the one of the positions that we can look forward to to ref, to do some oh. kind of re refreshing is definitely center back and and yeah. center mid, you know, center defensive mid. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, William hasn't even really um, played as a full time starter this season, right? He's been injured a lot. Of he's been injured a lot. Danilo, Danilo, the same thing. I see PSG fans bitching about Danilo, so I, I can't say I've watched him, but I just see their see their secondhand bitching. So I don't know how deserved it is. And honestly, Ruben Neves has not been a regular. I know he scored a banger this past weekend, but he has not been a regular for Wolves. And like those are those have been the midfielders. It's like of those four, objectively, João Pelinha has had the best season. So I guess we'll wait and see. Easily, I agree. Yeah. I mean, uh, Tuchel, Tuchel leaving is big for Danilo, but they also used to play on that center back a lot. I think Poch is only starting to play on that center mid. Side note, um, but yeah, agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, Sam, you're man of the match. I don't think I've asked you. Um, I'm gonna go a bit different. I'm gonna say Adan in terms of making saves, he didn't have a lot to do, but um, when he had when he was called upon, he was great. His kicking is a, you know, every time he gets the ball with his feet, I, I get a little bit nervous. But I, I, when I was watching, like, Porto I take free kicks in corners, he's always telling people where to go. He's always, like, commanding. He's sort of the captain that isn't the captain, if that makes sense. He, he doesn't need the armband to command everyone. And I think um, it, it frustrates me because 
I reckon this is what Viviano could have been like if he wasn't released um, or whatever happened to him. Um, I know I no discredit to Renan because he, he he had some great performances, won us trophies. But like, I I wonder if that could have been the same with Viviana. But uh, I'm glad Adan's there. Um, but he's he's been, I think he's been really underrated in terms of like being that leader and being that voice because you know he does he's made a few mistakes where we've conceded a few. You can credit up to either Adan, um, maybe making a bit of an error. But when he when he needs to be called called upon, he is fantastic. So for me, I'm going to give it to Adan. Good shout. I, I can't remember where I heard it, but um, oh god, somebody said how it might have been Amurin, uh mentioned how when he, he he played for big clubs like Real Madrid, and all he needs is that one stop. He doesn't need to be a keeper that that saves the entire game, right? Like that yeah. one stop, and he's big and he's there, and that's that's super important for us. Um, Christian, last but not least, yeah. And, and quickly, what are your what are your thoughts on Nuno Sen's recent form? We kind of talked about it, but I see Jesus Boxial with his second comment here, so. Let's give him yeah, some love. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my man of the match is, is either Adan or Joao Mario. Um, honestly, Adan's performance is like, yeah, he 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 he's been he's been a keeper where it's been the saves when he's called upon, it's you know, once a game, maybe twice a game at max. So it we've it, like that's why I was unsold on him for like the first 12 weeks because it's like no one's even reached the goal i haven't seen him do anything like i don't i don't know like but yeah i think i've seen enough now where, I, where i'm sold and honestly like he could have been so fucking shitty he's 33 he's been a straight backup for years and a couple years now he played like two games for Atletico over the past three years like <clears throat> he's he was a complete unknown and it, it worked out and i'm very happy um so yeah him and joan mario Joel Mario only because we kind of give him shit over here um, a lot. So I thought that this is a, a good performance for him. So, yeah, I thought he was uh, – he, he clearly – he his quality showed, shown through, you know, pretty clearly, I thought, his, his technical ability, in the, especially in the first half. Um, like, he was the only one, like, in the final third who was, like, able to complete a pass, which was, you know, yeah, he did more than anyone else, in the, which was complete a pass in the final third. <laughs> yeah. I, I quickly, on Nuno Sancho, I think he's, like, I think Andre mentioned earlier, you know, he's more of a winger. Um, and one of the things I like from Nuno Sancho, okay, maybe he didn't have the best game against Porto. You can say that about most of our attacking players. Um, but at least he was present, you know, like, he, he's always there, you know. You gotta, you, you can hate what he does, but you got to admit Nuno Sancho at least is always ever present on the ball. Whereas, you know, in, in many games, even the Porto game, like Pot kind of goes missing as he tries to, tries to drive in a bit to the That's center. That's a good point. I, I, it's like, I, I, I find myself getting pissed at him sometimes. Cause it's like, Oh, I feel like he's always the one fucking up, but it's like at, at the same time, he's always the one that's right. Putting himself in the position to even fuck, fuck up, up. Right. Because yeah. yeah, he'll get down the wing five times. Maybe he'll fuck it up three, but the two, one of them could be a goal, you know, pretty easily. So, and he, yeah. he, the, the thing is, he lost he is his frustrating. On that. I, I feel the frustration with him, exactly. especially. I'm trying to think which game was it like two games ago, where like I wanted to kill him, and then he scored yeah. in the first half. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, first, yeah. I wanted to fucking like run, break my TV, he was pissing me off so much. So, I feel the pain, but at the same time, going back to the original question about this, like, Jovan. 
he, you can't start Jovan. He, he'll just yeah. he'll die if he plays 70 minutes. You can only play like 30 minute increments. So unfortunately, I, I, I don't want to start Jovan because I know he'll just immediately get hurt if he plays too long. Nuno Santos yeah. has that fire in him as well, the like the aggression. You see it like I, I know his past is a if he found whatever, but you see the passion like when he gets fouled, he gets up, he has that aggression. And I I'd love to see that in football, you know. Uh, some people don't, but like when they get up and they get all aggressive, I think Poro has the same thing as well. They're like like sort of the Porto effect really with constant sound, all of them. But um it's not so great when <laughs> it's, it's Porto. But you know, I, I think I think Nuno Santos has criticised a lot. I think he he he's some of the reason as well why Pot has got so many goals that he that he has. Oh I think yeah, especially yeah. in the first half of the season, them two were just so in sync. I think it's dropped off a bit more. Um, but you know, I think I think we need to stick by him. Like Amarim's team selection has got on us where we are now, so I don't think it's it's time to to make a drastic change. And like Chris said, Giovanni's only like twenty minutes. If 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 he's even like. <laughs> Over twenty, if it's like twenty-one minutes, then he's out for the season. So <laughs> <laughs> keep Nuno Santos in. Yeah, and I mean, he only had that really bad thing where he like missed, lost his footing on the edge of the box or something against Porto. That I can really remember that he did it like horrible. I just looked it up. He's our top assist uh, maker with six, uh, or was it four? Sorry, four assists. He's he's our second top goal scorer with six goals. Um, yeah, he's running into a little a little patch of form, but I, I say stick with him as well. Um, all right, let's move on to our quick recap of Mudalidad. Steph is in here, our Mudalidad expert, but I'm going to pass it off to Christian. Of course, before we get into Mudalidad's uh, heartbreaking uh, news this year or this this week uh, with the actual passing of, of uh, goalkeeper, handball goalkeeper of Porto Quintana. Uh, last week, of course, we, we mentioned the uh, heart attack he, he suffered in training. Um, devastating news that he actually lost his life through it. Um, yeah, Christian, take it away, dude. Yeah, so uh, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I'm not gonna go as in depth as Steph. And we were honestly just talking about before the pod, like when we were before we came on, like who was gonna do the modalities. So honestly, I'm just gonna do them off the top of my head based on what I remember. Um, the ladies football uh, won one nothing, hard fought game, but got the three points. Uh, Anna Capetta nutmeg someone pretty bad, so there's a yeah. clip of that on on Twitter if you want to see that. <laughs> Um, I know the basketball team won, and Benfica beat Porto. So we are in first, clear of Porto now. Uh, one game, possibly two. Um, this is just memory, memory modely. Don't kill me, people here. Um, so they're either one or two games up now on Porto. Um, hockey tied, Porto 2-2. Um, so... I guess you could call it missed. I based. I didn't see this game, but it seemed like we kind of missed a lot of chances, a lot of set pieces. It seemed like we were missing. Um, so I guess the tie could be worse, but uh, especially for chasing. Um, but I guess it's better than the loss, right? Um, basketball, or I already said basketball. Futsal won five three, hard fought game in the last match week. Benfica lost. So we went one game clear of them last week and then maintained that this week with a hard-fought 5-3. Um, handball in the European League won their first game earlier in the week and then lost their second game, I think. Or they – oh, nope. The first game was a forfeit. We got a forfeit from a postponed COVID game, and then we lost at home to Dinamo Bucharest. But we were already through because of the forfeit. 
so it didn't matter. Um, so yeah, we're going to go through to the next round in the equivalent of the Europa League in handball. Six teams in the group, four go through. Kind of hard to not go through, I guess, but we're going through. Um, and does anyone remember anything else? No, it could have been worse. It could have been like the basketball team, bro. Yeah, yeah, true. That you know, was European performance. Yeah, yeah, European performance in basketball <laughs> is erased from my memory. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think that that's our uh, the memory modely does recap of the week. Sick. Let's finish this off. Um, Friday, big game against Santa Clara at home at the Alvalade. Uh, I will be working Friday, so the lucky shirt will be on, guys. So. Dubs confirmed. Let me just already start by saying Spartan 2, uh, Santa Clara nil. Uh, Andrea, what are your previews and prediction of this game? I'm going to go with a 3-0. You want names? I like I it. Give, I, can, I can give you names too. Names, Name, names, names. I want names. I think Pot's going to score two and Jean Poligny is going to score one. Bimba. That's what I like to hear. Sam? Uh, it's, I think it's going to be a, a tough game. Santa Clara do have some really good players, and they, they're coming they off do. a good result, right? Three nothing yeah. against Pasco Pereira. Yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah. result. They've been in good form in, the whole oh, season, yeah. really. I, I think they they they're a team that I, I reckon could cause us issues. But um, I'm going to go with the two nil, and I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the Jean Mario goal. And Nuno Santos, just so we're all shut up a bit about him. <laughs> let me, yeah, let me quickly add, yeah. Santa Clara, 7th, 28 points. Um, Mureles could catch up because they do have a game in hand with 25 points. Um, their last game, like we mentioned, 3-0 against Pasuj. Before that, they lost at, at away at uh, Gil Vicente. They won, they beat Pasuj at Inasorj, 3-0. They lost to Braga in a surge, uh, one nothing, and before that they went to Madeira, Maritimo, and one two one. Um, but yeah, last but not least, Christian, what are your thoughts, dude? Yeah, I think it's going to be a hard fought game. I think that these these will come to play. I thought that like the last two, I think what this is the second year that Santa Clara or the third year that Santa Clara has been in the top flight. Yeah, um, I think it's the third. Yeah, so. Yeah, when, the past two times these have come to Alvalade, they've been they've been all right. Um, yeah, I, I think that the, I think it'll be a hard fought one nothing win, um, and uh, I think our our guy Thiago Tumash is going to get the winner. I think he needs one to be honest. I'm not going to lie, especially if he's going to be the starter leading the line for the next like three games. He needs one. Um, he, uh, to be honest, he didn't like. If you look at his numbers. His numbers are going to tell you he had a terrible game, probably, against Porto. But I just, based on, I, when we played them in the Tasso Liga, he just got swallowed whole by Pep. He was just, he didn't exist. But I thought that he was just doing enough to get under their skin and was, like, putting himself in some decent positions. So, I, I, honestly, I, I didn't have any problems with Diago Tomas' performance. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's going to, we're going to need him going forward, right? Because... Honestly, like I was thinking at this at a certain point, like Doug Tomas has been running around just chasing them the whole time, right? It gets so tiring when you're just chasing the whole time. Like he's not lasting 90 minutes and he didn't. Who's going to come in? <laughs> and your answer was the bot that came in and played center forward. So uh, I'm honestly, I fuck with Tabata. I think he's a decent utility guy on the front line. And I think he has like this certain like swagger or energy about him where I just like, 
don't know. I just like rock with him and like I trust him. I feel like he is. I'm on. He, to be honest, he doesn't really seem like an Amodim guy. Like he seems like the guy who could be like on the outs with Amodim because I don't know. I just feel like he's like a marginal guy, but for some reason he's, he has a place in this team and. I always like him when he comes on. I think he brings a you know a certain energy. So, will we get it to about the startup tops shock start? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I basically I think Tiago Tumas needs a performance, or otherwise we'll get that against Gimaraes. I, I quickly on Tiago Tumas. I think it was Amuring that mentioned it. Um, he even mentioned how how his holdup play is like improved immensely uh, in the past like six months or whatever. Like before, he would easily lose the ball. Uh, but now, and you've even seen in the Porto game, he gets the ball, you know, back towards goal. He, he's still distributing it out well. He's had a few passes to Munusens, et cetera. I think he's, I think he's improving there. Um, but yeah, that's podcast 101 in the books. Andre, thank you once again for uh, joining us. I think it's safe to say you definitely have, or Den of Lions definitely has more fans uh, coming out of today. Hopefully more success coming in to your guys' future. Um, you you have more fans. We will definitely be rooting for you. Uh, and I believe Christian will have an update. Uh, Christian, I don't know if you want to add to that. Like in the next coming months, yeah, a no I, project in the works. Yeah, no, I'll keep you guys updated on on any developments, and I'll also keep you guys updated on how Andre's team performs. Uh, you know, as they round out their their spring season here, um, they're U eighteen, right, Andre? Yes, U18. Yep, Denalions, U18, Gunners. We will keep you updated on how their season goes, um, as well as, you know, any general news or developments around Den of Lions, Lardus Leones as a social club, as a delegation in general. Um, and, yeah, and if you're in, as a part of that community, you live in Newark, you live in Jersey, you go there, hit me up. Facts. Definitely. definitely. Um, well, you know, I appreciate you guys inviting me to come on the pod. And uh, I, I, I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing because of the millions and millions and millions of people that that don't, that don't speak Portuguese and follow, follow, follow Sporting. So you guys are doing a good thing. I hope you guys continue to, to do this for a long, long time because it's good. It's good for everyone. And um, I just want to, you know, to finish, finish up, I just want to give my condolences to, to Quintana's family and, and Football Club do Porto. It wasn't an easy situation. I know how I felt when, you know, the fair incident happened as well. And it's, a, you know, it happened all over again. And it's it's not an easy thing. So my condolences to the Quintana family from from from, from us over here. And, um, yeah, it was fun, man. I, it was fun chatting with you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, we're the ones that appreciate it, bro. You've been a great guest, uh, and, and hopefully we'll have you on soon again. Um, yeah, that's 101 in the books. Uh, shout out to everybody in the chat. Shout out to Juicebox, Leal, uh, YouTube Watcher, Casa de Paiva, Lauren Jenks, of course, Jose Costa George from Down Under, uh, Fabio, Gianni, uh, Jose Pimenta, uh, Michael Fortuna, Johnny Signero, New York's finest, uh, Richard Nevs. Brian Regu, uh, Paul Costa, Jordan Bentecourt, shout out to all you guys, Jeffrey Aguiar, um, João Serra, shout out to everybody in the chat. I might be missing a few people. Tiago, of course, Tigas, much love, Tigas, Francisco uh, Matos, Mar uh, Mark Botello, uh, Rui Leão, uh, Ricardo Clement, 
uh, Garrick Phillip, of course, and, and Steph, who was in the chat for a little bit. I'm sure he was on a, a solid 15-minute break. Um, we appreciate everybody watching. Follow us on YouTube at Spartan160EN, on Twitter, Spartan160EN, Facebook, Spartan160EN, Instagram, Spartan160EN. Um, Oh, Andre, yeah. do you have anything to plug? Does yes. where where can our followers find your you you and your team on social media? Yeah, the the Gunners have a, an Instagram. It's D O L Gunners O three, D O L Gunners zero three. That's the Instagram profile name of the Den of Lions Den of Lions Gunners. And if you want to follow the the Den of Lions Soccer Club, it's just put Den of Lions Soccer. And then it will take you straight to to the Den of Lions Instagram profile. Are you on Twitter, Andre? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not on you Twitter. You gotta get on Twitter, man. <laughs> <laughs> a lot a lot of a lot of hate on Twitter for what nah, you got <laughs> so you, I stay away from that. <laughs> yeah, just don't interact with those guys. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I, I'm a, you know, I have Instagram and that's pretty yeah. much it. But yeah, that's it. Cool, Class, everybody go so follow much. Den of Everybody go follow Den of Lions on Instagram again. Yes, thank you so much, Andre. That's a one in the that's 101 in the books. And uh yeah, Viva Sporting. And a big shout out to Steph as well. He couldn't be here today. That's right. <laughs>